What's poppin'? Hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> you look so, like, uncomfortable squatting. That's how you build the butt. I'm trying to get a fat ass. Trying to be thick with two C's. <laughs> Cuffing season's coming up. You gotta be ready. Mm-hmm. Gotta put some cushion mm-hmm. up in that B. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm about to be cold. <laughs> Gotta get that meat on my bones. <laughs> Hi. Hey guys. <laughs> this is Jenks. And Sonali. And welcome back to Pass the Salt. This is episode 12. 12. Um, we baked something today. Yes. We decided that we were going to be bakers <laughs> we're gonna we, use our fucking kitchen today we're gonna use our oven today yes and we wanted to get something that everyone had access to no matter where you listen from so we went to trader joe's and we got some pumpkin bread and muffin baking mix gluten-free because a represent is gluten-free they and do have a non-gluten-free version though Oh, okay. That's yeah. good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the gluten-free one, though. So <laughs> it smells delicious. It just came out of the oven and cooled for a little bit. I literally just walked in through the door, guys, and the aroma was so delicious. I could smell it the minute I walked in. Oh, my mouth is watering. I'm so ready to eat this. It's, it smells It smells like fall. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's mm. just get into it. Oh, my God. This is so good. I swear to God, guys, I could stuff my face with this all day. It's mm. so good. Um, they're like we made them into like little cupcakes, muffin things. They're so good, and the uh, recipe is really easy to follow. It's just two eggs, one cup of water, and half a cup of oil, and the batter. That's it. But this is so good. Son, would you rate it? A ten? Come on. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. I'm gonna eat like five of these right now. <laughs> I rate it like an eight. Have you been watching the Squid Games? No. Is it the Squid Games or the Squid Game? The Squid, Squid Games. Game. No, I think it's just game. Do you want me to check? I'll check. No plural, please. I'll check for you. I got Netflix on here. Yeah, Squid Game. Yeah. I feel like that's what everyone's been talking about this whole, like, month, I think. Like, it's yeah. been out for since September, mid-September, and... I feel like everywhere I go, everyone's talking about it. There, it's like all over my YouTube feed. It's mm-hmm. all over my TikTok feed. The memes. It's all over my Instagram feed. Yeah, the memes. And then people were actually like, instead of just posting like memes and shit, they were like talking about it on their story. I was seeing so many tweets about it too. Yeah, it's the talk of the town, ho. Um, but ho. Squid- <laughs> you heard that? You didn't know? You know now? I called you a ho. Squid Game created by Huang Dong Hyuk is probably arguably the best show on Netflix of probably this year. I'm going to make that claim. Really? Yeah. It's it's um I think I think it already has surpassed Bridgerton as the most watched series on Netflix. Fuck. That's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. It's been like a global hit. Everyone's talking about it. It's not even just like Koreans, you know. And did you know that 95% of the viewers are actually outside of Korea? No way. Yeah. I mean, 
it's popular in like what like 90 countries or like 70 exactly. countries or something like that yeah that's wild yeah and in 10 days it was like trending in different countries just tre- 10 days after it was released <laughs> but i'm sure you've heard about how the creator kind of he basically held on to the script for 10 years before it even got picked up by a studio. Did you know about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I guess like it would like studios would reject it because they thought it was too violent and too gruesome. And I mean, flash forward of 10 years later where violence and gruesome is just like all we talk about. It. Yeah. It's totally acceptable. It's a reality. Now. <laughs> it's not even, ex- it's like a reality. That shit happens in her real life well, I, the hope gruesome this, shit. I hope squid games do not happen in real no, life no not squid games but like the gruesome and violence yeah so netflix then was like interested in it and they picked it up but and i mean like and look how quickly it rose to number one you know yeah. this guy was sitting on pure gold i know but it's also about timing it's not just about the script because it's like if he came out with it years ago nobody would watch it It probably would have flopped he would have probably got to- so many bad reviews but it, because it came out in today's day and age, it performed really well. Um, didn't he, like, sell one of his computers to, like, get by when he was trying to get, like, the script picked up? Oh, I don't know about that. Because he was so poor. Yeah, I read that somewhere. That's so sad. Yeah. I love, like, hearing about people's, like, um, journeys, though. Mm-hmm. It's always so inspiring to see, like, how hard people grind to get to where they are. Like, people think it's so easy, like, oh, I'm going to come to Hollywood. I'm going to become a celebrity. And yeah. And they just don't realize that it's honestly a fucking struggle. And that's why it pisses me off when people like Addison Ray. yes, I'm talking to you, Addison Ray. become famous overnight over some stupid, like, dance for, like, five seconds and then invest, and they make so much money where they can invest in themselves to go into movies having a whole production creating a music video like people work their asses off people go to college to become like a theater major yeah to get to a point where like they're recognized people become models to be recognized by vogue now influencers and tiktokers just get it handed to them because little kids enjoy watching yeah. them dance and they front work of camera. people work their way through the ladder and work like multiple jobs to get where they want to be and pe- and like influencers just kind of blow up, move to LA. It's like they blow up one time and they're like, okay, time to move to LA. And it's like, there's already enough fucking influencers and people here. Yeah, it's annoying. But Ugh, it's actually you're not going to make it in LA. A lot of people were moving out of LA, like a lot of influencers, because they're like, oh, LA is so fake. It's so expensive. And it's like, yeah, bitch, you hang out with influencers. Everyone yeah. wants to be the same person like they all want to be a celebrity they all want to be famous they all want to be like popular yeah it's you're like, competing against each other you're competing <laughs> against your friends essentially <laughs> like the people that you party with are the people that you're competing with so of course it's gonna be really cutthroat yeah that's what i always tell people when people are like oh i heard the la are la's so fake and i'm like it all just depends on who you hang out with mm-hmm. so the people that are saying that probably are equally as fake yeah i agree you know what i mean yeah. or they're just caught up in that material world but it's like I don't feel like... LA I don't feel like fake. that either. When I moved to LA, I was like, this is where I need to be. Exactly. I feel so inspired here. Yeah. You know? It's I'm like at, home. It's not for anyone, though. Like, Mm-mm. not everyone can come out here and live here and make it a home. It's not for... Mm-hmm. It's not for the average person. It's not for someone with, like, a weak mindset either. Yeah, you, like, have, you have to, have to like, be... And you have to be assertive. Skin. I mean, it's like... <laughs> a, it's an opportunist town. It is. You know? It's so funny that... Um, after I after we moved here, I would get into cars with other people, right? Or other people would get into my cars while I'm driving. And 
on two separate occasions in the last week, I think someone has told me like, yeah, you drive like you're from LA. I'm like, you got to learn how to drive <laughs> like a specific way when you're out here. It really, it's a whole different world. We literally live in a bubble. We do. And everything's in our bubble. Like we don't need to leave our bubble. No, <laughs> we really don't. We really don't even need to leave our neighborhoods. No. We, like I don't go up to NoHo. No. I, there is no reason for me to be in NoHo. There is no reason for me to be in Highland Park. We're like in like a 10 mile radius. Yeah. <laughs> Everything we need is 10 miles, but it might take you two hours to get there, but it is 10 miles. You sure you want to move to LA, okay. Sally? <laughs> Please stay in Tennessee. Back to Squid Game, though. You know, like I, something that like really intrigued me about this was like, why are we so obsessed with this show? Like, what was it that really drew the audiences Mm -hmm. in? I mean, granted, it's a great show. It has a great storyline to it. The actors are amazing. I love it all. But there's something about the weird gruesomeness and the violence of like playing a game, a child's game and like possibly dying and like being like a winner, like, like a life or death situation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of themes in this movie, or not this movie, this this series about uh, connections of modern capitalism with the desperation of financial inequality. That's a okay. big statement I just made. So what does that mean? <laughs> so, I mean, you've only watched two episodes. <laughs> I feel like I kind of understand that because it kind of sheds light on the mass differences between the... Cl- the classes in a way in a sense but it's like it's just like interesting that like you don't see rich people in there it's no. not rich people it's the people that are at the bottom of the totem pole mm-hmm. they're desperate. fighting for their life in order to just make it and you know you're kind of at that part where like they leave right yeah and they're all kind of like recognizing their life and i mean spoiler but like also no spoiler they eventually come back yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) they play the game yeah i I got that part (laughs) the reason why they come back is because they realize that them going on the way that they are is Mm -hmm. much more worse than actually playing the fucking game and that's honestly like the harsh reality of all these lower income communities you know like the hood and Mm -hmm. all these um projects and things like that because it's not as easy to live a life. You know, they're dealing with actual hardships. And I think that was also something that was really drawing people in is like, this show is compared to Hunger Games a lot because Mm -hmm. it has that whole, like, you're fighting for your life. And like, if you win, you're financially secure for the rest of your life, blah, blah. But the reason why I feel like this one was so much more um, captivating is because Hunger Games kind of had that idea of like a fantasy world like it was a post-apocalyptic or whatever you want to call it and it was kind of set in a in a area or like in a world that doesn't really exist right now it's hard for us to imagine being our reality yeah whereas this is set in like actual time and the people that are in the show in playing the game are normal people like there's a husband and a wife there's a criminal there's a a gambling addiction person there's a fucking um immigrant you Mm -hmm. know there's like real life people with real life situations and hardships there and it's you could easily find a player in that show that you could relate to Mm -hmm. and i think that also was what really drew people into watching it because something about like being able to like fantasize whatever's happening being real is like 
captivating for like yeah. horror audiences at least for me you mm-hmm. know like i think it's always interesting to see people's take on like what could happen yeah. in today's day and age and like it's it, a possibility that this could be someone's reality yeah and it's like i mean i don't i can't sit here and say that this never happens because yeah. it's so possible mm-hmm. and i don't want to give you too many spoilers but um there's a lot of other situations that um that are revealed in the show that also play the whole modern capitalism and showing the inequality of financial situations in a lot of the people that are playing and versus not playing. And um, yeah, I think it was really interesting to see those themes. Which makes me like think like the fact that he wrote this so long ago and it's still so relevant till Mm -hmm. this day, like that just shows that we are not evolving as a community and a society. We're just living the same fucking life with this gap it's funny because they there's like the scene which i it's like at the end Mm -hmm. and there it's like a news broadcast that's kind of like the camera kind of airs over and then like extends into like the actual setting of the scene Mm -hmm. but i guess that broadcast that they kind of briefly showed is a real broadcast so like they just aired like uh one that had already been recorded and so like and they're talking about like the economy dropping and wow. housing market dropping and things like that. But I will say shows like Game of Thrones have such a great part in my heart because it's so cutthroat and it's unexpected, mm-hmm. right? Unpredictable. This show, I'll be honest with you, I predicted everything from like the first episode. Like I knew, I was like, this person's gonna die, this person's gonna die. This person's probably gonna win. This person's a shady motherfucker. Like I figured it all out. Really? I Like I figured out like... I kind of already knew what I was going to... I don't want to give you a spoiler. Yeah, because I haven't really thought about it like that. So I don't know. I'm but like, it's like... Wow, it was very predictable for me. Um, but you be trying to do that with everything, though. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Is shows like Game of Thrones, I have so much respect for because I could never predict anything that would happen because they had no problem breaking your heart. Yeah. And this, like, I could tell they were playing on that emotional element of, like, pulling on our heartstrings. Like, I could tell with the way they were building up people's character, mm-hmm. the way that they were showing them, like, you know, some, like, this is gonna, they want you to be emotional about this because it's gonna be fucking ripped from your grips. Yeah. Moment of silence for Game of Thrones. Because that ending fucking sucked. Yeah, but winter is coming. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> fun fact about this show was that it was actually supposed to be a movie but when netflix decided to move forward with the script they were like no this needs to be a series and it was also going to be called round six not squid game but i feel like round six would have been a good name as well yeah and then that freaky like weird looking doll that's yes. in the first episode of red light green light she's actually real like they borrowed her from a legit museum <laughs> for the what for the that fuck? episode so if you ever are in korea or you know if you're listening from korea hey um, shout out to you shout out to you you can actually go visit this doll at it's um located in a rural area three hours north of seal um she guards the entrance of a museum called matcha land no way yeah matcha land <laughs> but okay so she like moves and stuff too in real life i don't i guess so Fuck. Unless that was CGI. Oh. But, yeah, I was surprised. I thought they built her, but I'm Me like, too. that's fucking creepy. I don't want to ever see that in real life. 
Yeah. I think they probably, I mean, I'm, but I'm sure that museum gets so many people now, so many tourists. And I'm glad it's in a rural area because that it's going to bring tourism to that area and like hopefully the people that live there can live better lives. And then on the show, uh, you can actually see uh, spoilers of like what each game is going to be if you're looking at the walls of the warehouse that the players are sleeping in because there'll be little illustrations on the walls and they kind of give you little hints of like what's gonna come next. So when oh you're God, watching I'm it, I'm gonna you watch look. out for that. Yeah, you should. Fuck yeah. Um, and then the girl, well, I don't know her name. Um, the one with the short hair. The, the short one, hair yeah. that everyone's obsessed with. What's oh yeah, I don't know her name either because I'm only on episode two. But the one with the brother who's taking care of her, her brother. Yeah, Jung Hoyeon. I think I believe that's how you say her name. She is actually a Korean model. And this was her first acting gig. Shut up. And now she, after this like show has blown up, she is literally the most followed Korean actor or actress ever. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to do a movie or I'm going to do a show real quick and fucking ends up being like the biggest fucking superstar ever. Of the year. Yeah. Basically. Holy fuck. She's good beautiful her. though. She's dude. gorgeous. Yeah. She's amazing. And I think she like, has a really good career as an actress. So... I would love to see her in more international films. From what I've seen, yes, I agree. I stand. I stand. <laughs> but don't hold your breath for a season two because the writer has no plans of writing a season two for the show. As of yet, um, he has mentioned that he would rather create a movie on the big screen than um, think about writing a season two, he says it's really tiring just to even think about there being a season two, which you don't respect. Like that, that show was really well thought out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to see a season two, and they did end it on a cliffhanger. So I'm hoping that they, you know, some maybe like Netflix acquires the rights to it, and then they just create a season two. I don't know, I but mean, I'm if hoping he's not involved. I feel like it won't be as good. Yeah, but it's not. It wouldn't be the first time that Netflix has taken a show that was like really well popularized That's and true. like continued it because of demand. But Hyung Dong Hyuk did say that if he does do a season two, he wants it to focus on the forefront man and his story and how he got to where he is. Okay. So that would be really interesting. So it would be like a prequel. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Okay. And like, well, I don't want to ruin it for you. But okay. 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 He. It would be a very interesting. Just don't, just know it'll be really interesting. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think you should totally finish it. I literally finished the show in like a day and a half. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not. I watched two episodes one night and then I was like, this is fucking good. And the next day I had, th- I had the day off. I was by myself and I was like, I'm going to watch the whole show. <laughs> I-, I was hungover too. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Just sit on the couch. <laughs> and so I finished the whole show. I was so invested. It was so good. Okay, I definitely nine need years to in my it. life that I'll never get back, but I have no regrets. Nine hours, yeah, nine, nine hours, <laughs> nine hours of my life I will never get back, and I have no regrets. <laughs> That's awesome. I definitely will finish it. Speaking of Netflix and motherfucking shows, my favorite fucking show in the whole entire world—that '70s show—but I kind of had to boycott it now because of all the allegations. So fuck that show. Is also getting picked up. But the show didn't have allegations. It was just... No, the actors. One of the... One of the actors. Fuck him. He shall not be named. But they're doing a reboot of that 70s show called That 90s Show. 
Um, and it is exactly what it sounds like. It's based in the 90s. Netflix picked it up for 10 episodes. There's no official release date, but it says it's coming out in summer 2022. Ooh, that's soon. Yeah. I'm excited. And so the actors who are coming back are Red and Kitty Foreman. They're really? returning. Yeah. And like, the, like the actual actors or the characters? No, the actual actors are coming back. And then it's the storyline is Leah Foreman, who is Donna and Eric's kid, visits her grandparents for the summer. Oh, yeah, love that. So that's the story. That's what we know so far about that, and I'm so excited for it. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait. I want. Do you know if they've casted people for it yet besides the grandparents? No, it's in the very early stages right now. I'm really curious to know who's gonna play who. Me too. And like, if if like you know, Mila Kunis is gonna come back again. I don't think that like, they're having those ca- maybe cameos. They might be yeah, back, but I don't hoping. know if they're gonna be back as like actual characters. Because I looked at pictures of um, the guy who plays Red Foreman, and he looks old. Yeah, like he be looking old right now. <laughs> I'm surprised that I when I looked at him, I was like, oh, he coming back. Okay. <laughs> Don't underestimate the power of makeup. I know, I know. Um, Another thing on like more of a controversial note was Dave Chappelle released his um, newest stand-up special with Netflix called The Closer. And for those of you who don't know, Dave Chappelle is a iconic comedian and he's really known for challenging his audience by like putting uncomfortable ideas um, in their heads and these Uncomfortable ideas are usually centered around like feminism, gender, um, gender, sexual orientation and like race. So it's that itself is just very controversial. But his his content is usually well received. Like everyone leaves like, damn, like that made me that made me think. But it was also really funny. It's typically it's very well received like it's more of an intellectual yeah perspective. It, there's a deeper meaning to his jokes okay yeah so like he would like it's usually centered around black culture and like awareness on that and so when you like watch his um specials and you leave you're like oh shit like that's true mm-hmm. and so he kind of sheds light on certain things over there in that realm but this special didn't really do that well. He got a lot of criticism on it. And he like and I watched it. So <clears throat> this whole special starts off with this fucking joke. He goes, he's like, "Yeah, I saw a lot of you." So he kind of segues into it by talking about UFO videos. Shout out to um episode number 10. Go listen if you haven't. And he goes like, "Because I I've seen all these UFO videos, this kind of gives me idea for a movie." where the aliens end up being an ancient civilization that it, that are originally from Earth that achieved interstellar travel. And then they leave to go somewhere else and their planet ends up not working out. So they come back to try claim, try to claim Earth as their own. And he calls it Space Jews. What the fuck? Isn't that so... That's, that was his opener, dude. His opener. And were there crickets in the yeah, audience? It was <gasps> not well received at all. And he was like, he literally responded to the audience reactions and was like, all right, it's going to get worse than that. Hang in there. Oh my gosh. Dead I ass. I see that. That's crazy. Dead ass. Do you think he did that on purpose, though, just to be like, just to add that little liner in right at the end? Like, gotcha, bitch. I think, I think he did it to kind of like warn the audience because that was his opener. It, uh, and bitch, it did get worse. No, but I'm saying, like, do you think that was all, like, strategically planned? Like, I'm going to do a really shitty opener so I can, like, segue into, like, making a joke about it. 
You know what I mean? Because it's mm-hmm. like Dave Chappelle's genius. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he probably has a whole team that sits there and goes over the entire act with him. And it's like, did no one think that that was going to be terribly played? I mean, I don't know anything about comedy and I thought that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I guess so. I can. I never really thought of it that way, but that I could see that being the case. Yeah. Especially since all the shit that he talks about. Well, we'll get into that. Ooh, okay. And then his next punchline. These are, I'm just, I'm just going to say jokes that were like super fucking controversial that I like, I was like, what the fuck? Okay. So his next punchline was that the baby, and I quote, punched the LGBTQ community right in the AIDS. <gasps> oh my gosh. That's horrible. How did he build that up though? I need to know. He was talking about an incident in which the like the the baby was involved in a yeah. fight and stuff inside. Well, do you remember when he punched a fan? No, you don't remember this. No, that's why he's saying punched them in the in the AIDS because a couple years ago, this is like right before the baby became like a big huge rap star shit he was like walking somewhere and there was a girl like asking like she was just like she had her camera or okay basically there was a girl who had her camera out with her phone and she was like recording him and i think it was like in his face and then he punched her but he punched the wrong girl so it wasn't even the girl that had her camera out it was the girl next to her and he punched her in the fucking face (gasps) and she sued him oh my god and this was a fan like, Holy shit. And his argument was like, you know, I was just overwhelmed by like all the fans that were screaming at me. But it's like, these are your fucking fans. And you chose to be famous. And you're and you're being violent, you know, and it is it just wasn't a good look. That was one of them. And then he t- started talking about like the shootings and killings that are going on in America right now. Mm. And he goes, and I quote, but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings, inciting that you can shoot and kill everyone, but God forbid you hurt a gay person's feelings, which I think is so, how are you comparing the two? They're not the same. You cannot compare the two. They are entitled to feel the way they feel because of how much they've been oppressed their entire fucking life. And you're entitled to feel the way you feel about people shooting people. And so then he continues, right? And so he, like, basically eventually admits that he's jealous of the progress the gay rights movement has made in America, which is a fair statement to make, considering he is talking about black people and how they are still oppressed. And then he fucking ruins that shit and says, if slaves had oil and booty shorts on, we might have been free a hundred years sooner. Oh my gosh. How fucking stupid is that? Oh my god. And uh, it gets worse. And then he starts talking about... He's like basically starts telling a different story about how he was in a nightclub and he gets into like a fight with a white man. And he goes, and I quote again, gay people... Gay people are minorities until they need to be white again. So he's basically saying all gay, all gay people are white? No, he's saying that like gay people like act like they're the minorities. They've like been oppressed and they like kind of take that victim mentality in a way. And they said they only apply it until they have to use their white privilege again. So th- he's basically insinuating they're all white. Yeah, basically. Which is stupid. <laughs> Which is stupid. And it's, oh my God, I can't. And then he says... He, then he starts talking about feminism, right? And he just 
one of the statements he says that he thought feminism meant frumpy dyke. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, he's, did he correct himself? Like, was he like, oh, I used to think that, but now I know it's not? Or No, what? it was like a punchline. I need to know how he builds these things up. Because it's, like, really hard for me to believe that he's just saying these things. He, like, I need to know where the buildup is before the punchline comes through. But he's basically talking about feminism and, like, the Me Too movement. And he's talking about how it's, like, come up in society. So, like, when he said that, he was like, um... It was just more of like a comment he was making while he was talking about like the Me Too movement and feminism in general. So he was like, oh, yeah, like I thought feminism was like meant frumpy dyke. And then he like goes on to say and that the Me Too movement was silly. Really? He said that? Yeah. He was like the Me Too movement was silly because wealthy women in Hollywood didn't fire their agents and uplift working women in the mailroom. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm sorry that you've never had to deal with sexual assault. So you don't understand and you think it's fucking stupid. Fuck you. Yeah. And then he goes on to say that just when he figured out how to nail white people on their racism, some white people changed the game by declaring that they were changing genders. Oh my God. He sounds so homophobic. Bro, and he, so transphobic. This was so and It's ignorant. like, how can you sit there and try to like shed light on black oppression when you're just talking mad shit about another oppressed community? Like you're just beating like a dog while it's down it's not fair like he has a platform where he could be raising awareness for a community that doesn't get a lot of representation mm-hmm. and instead he's fucking using his platform to take the light away from black oppression and put it onto somebody else basically yeah, basically and it's like all minorities deserve people to back them and understand where they're coming from you know like, I feel like the one is not better than the other. Everyone has their own issues. And that's why I feel like, you know, straight people can't say anything about, like, what it what like it's like to be gay, what it's like exactly. to be trans. Like, you don't know, so don't speak from, you know, a tongue that you don't have never even, mm-hmm. like, experienced. Like, until you, like, unless you're talking to, like, a gay black man and you're hearing what he has to say, don't be making stupid jokes like that. Exactly. You don't know what they go through. I agree. You can't assume that you're, like oppression is better or different than somebody else's yeah i agree and then he like tries to save face in a little way and he he closes the closer by saying that he won't like joke about lgbtq topics anymore and then he says he basically says like i'm done talking about it um all i ask of your community with all humility is will you please stop punching down on my people like so, a, again, basically throwing another un- oppressed community under the bus so exactly. he can not hear about racist comments anymore. Like, yeah. It's like literally being like, look, this one is way more fun to pick at. So why don't you pick on the gay people? Yeah. And he starts off this special by saying this is his last one in a long time. So I'm guessing that this is It should is be his why. last one, period. Yeah. And um, Netflix ended up issuing a statement saying that they are not removing the... Because it got a lot of backlash and um people wanted it removed and they're like we're not removing it because it doesn't technic like we've posted his last special did so well and it was just as bad that's what they said basically that that's why they're not removing it and they were like comparing it to other things like all the points that they were making they were like um we have other shows that kind of um 
challenge this part of the show that Dave Chappelle challenged. And it's like, it's not, it's one person like comparing shit. Like this is not, this is not apples to apples. Like you can't, what? What? And it's only, the, the only, I truly believe that the only reason Netflix is keeping it up is because their, his last special did so fucking well, even though it had a lot of controversial issues. Like he's known for that. And so they think like having this up, any press is good, is good press. You know what I mean? That's so wild. Like, I don't see Netflix being that kind of, like, company. They suspended three workers, one of them being um, transgender, because they tried to crash a meeting that was meant for the executives. Wow. So they're going to... Ugh, I can't. I can't with all the tone deafness. I can't with all the fucking... Ignorance. Ignorance, bullying. It's just terrible. It was so bad. When I, oh my God, dude, I was like, it can't be that bad. It's Dave Chappelle. He's done, like, he's he's known for this shit, you know? And then I watched it. Wow. I don't even want to watch it. I have no It's desire. gonna make you so angry, dude. <laughs> Honestly, like, don't give I, it the views. After Just I watched the Kevin the Hart, like, his last, Kevin Hart's last stand up, I was like, I'm done with fucking stand up comedy. Like, I felt like Kevin Hart's was so sexist what is it misogynistic misogynistic i was like i can't like this pisses me off i would be throwing like onions and like fucking (laughs) tomatoes at them on stage she carries them in the purse (laughs) (laughs) what's like something that really smells rotten egg no i like garlic i wouldn't throw that at people but after a while (laughs) i'll throw eggs at them (laughs) let's just you know take a moment to really appreciate Kim K's SNL sketches. Yay, applause everywhere. (laughs) Add that shit in, bitch. (laughs) Well, we're recording this on October 12th. So the previous Saturday, Kim K did her first hosting gig for Saturday Night Live. And honestly, to surprise the masses, she did really fucking well. I saw that when she announced that she'll be hosting uh, this week's Saturday Night Live, she like the response that the audiences and like you know the what's the right word the people <laughs> the, the people, people had the world <laughs> the way the people reacted to it was really negative like people were offended that kim kardashian was gonna be hosting saturday night live and they thought it should only be like reserved for comedians and actors and people that have like notability in the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. you know and they were just kind of like why the fuck would you bring a reality star on here you know so like the bar was set very low for her yeah but miss kim k honey she came through Mm -hmm. she was like fuck all these people that are underestimating me and she like what they had a whole 12 hour fucking um rehearsal the night before and you know and it's all live they're all you know they don't have any breaks and they're moving from one sketch sketch to the next and honestly she made it look really fucking easy yeah and nothing was off the table, like in terms of like oh, jokes my God. and I shit. I know, like, and she, I was so happy, and I was so very smart of her to play that angle because yes. her life and her family has so much controversial opinions about it and yeah. gossip about it, and it would have been really like I feel like if she didn't play the angle of being Kim Kardashian, it would have fallen flat. Yes. Because, like, she doesn't have, like, the actor personality to, like... I mean, the Jasmine sketch itself was, like, 
fucking really hard to watch because <laughs> she was like super robotic you know yeah. and it's, it definitely felt like she was bleeding off of yeah cards. but then when she was being herself you know and she was being kim kardashian and making punchlines about her own family yeah. it seemed so much more natural and you could tell that she was genuinely enjoying herself yeah so i think that was really strategic on their end and i think they did a really good job with that um but yeah like you said her monologue held nothing back no they talked about her divorce they talked about oj they talked about her Her sister's plastic surgeries the sex tape everything it was everything that she's been like criticized for like that she's what has been the butt of the joke about yeah she like was like i'm gonna take this shit back and i'm gonna joke about it myself yeah like kim k has a really good um sense of humor because she has it's you have to be able to take a joke Mm -hmm. you can't go on things like saturday night live and like not be able to take a joke but i was when i was watching i was like i wonder if she had a say in like what they were gonna use in her monologue and her talks and stuff but i actually read that when they have guests celebrity guests hosting they don't really like focus on the writing part they focus more on the performance so i don't think she wrote any of her jokes or punchlines i think she probably approved of them yeah she's probably like i'm not gonna say this shit if i don't want to say it yeah but it would have been cool if she was like we should definitely pick fun at this we should definitely pick fun at that but i mean the fact that she was okay to talk about it I think um, shows a lot of good spirit from her end. Maybe her team was just like, um, yeah, these topics are off limits. Everything else is good. But even then, like, I don't even... I don't think there was anything... Anything off limits. Maybe, like, the kids. Like, they didn't bring up the kids at all. Which is... Which I think is fair. But she definitely stepped out of her comfort zone and impressed all of us. I would love to see her doing things like that again. Me too. I think... After I watched that, I was like, Kim would be, like, a really good host for, like, a... For a talk show. I don't know about that one. Because she still doesn't know how to read off of cue cards. Yeah, but I mean, this was Saturday Night Live. You literally, She only had like 12 hours the night before yeah, to that's rehearse. True. You know, so I understand. But like most of them are like that too. Most people that are hosting Saturday Night Live, you can tell they're reading off a prompter. Compared to how she used to fucking act. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty come gruesome. A long way. I also, it was I cringy. will admit that I as it was ending, I was like, I didn't want it to end. Yeah. I were, wanted it to keep going. And, you know, I've watched a lot of um, SNL and you have too. And we, it's kind of hard to watch through the entire episodes. Like, sometimes it's just like, ugh, this is so lame. Or, yeah. The jokes aren't that funny. But, like, these were fucking funny. Mm-hmm. But it also, we are fans of the Kardashians. Yeah, you so. really have to know the host in order for you to truly understand, like, the genius behind these jokes. The, the one that Drake hosted was really good. And I feel like... This one was just as probably good. Really? Yeah. Okay. According to TMZ, for her episode, she reached out to Dave Chappelle, Ellen DeGeneres, Amy Schumer, James Corden, and Michelle Wolf to prepare for her hosting gig. So she definitely reached out to, like, the experts and, uh, you know, got, like, their feedback. And I'm sure they were like, you know what, just poke fun at your own life. Like, they were probably giving her a lot of good advice and, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it paid off. Yeah. Yeah. But... You want to hear something really cool? Yes. So this was the season's second episode. Uh-huh. The first episode had Owen Wilson guest hosting okay. it. Um, and that was the season premiere. And that was the lowest rating of any season premiere that SNL has ever Aww. aired. And so when no. Kim... Yeah, poor Owen Wilson. Poor I Owen. love him. <laughs> <laughs> but Kim K's episode had a 23% boost in the show's ratings. Of course. Because the critics, everyone was so into it. Everyone was so 
amazed by like what she did and they all found it really good so i'm like can you imagine if they made her the season premiere that would have been fucking fire yeah everyone like was anticipating because honestly people weren't expecting her to do this good so they're like let's go watch she's got a lot of haters let's go watch this shit to see it flop it did not fucking flop so just to go through the different sketches that she did she did a jasmine and aladdin sketch with pete davidson as Aladdin and Kim Kardashian as Jasmine, they shared an on-site kiss, which mm-hmm. I was shooketh about. Me too. I was like, ooh, this is like cringe. Yeah, I was cringing a little bit. I was like, <laughs> oh, they really did that. Okay. Um, the my arguably my favorite sketch of the night was the ladies' night song where Kim K rapped. <laughs> that was so fucking good, especially because she's known in history for coming out with a pop song that was horrendous. <laughs> Horrendous. I had no idea. Oh my god, you have to go fucking listen to it later. I will. It was terrible, and I was like, oh my god, she's gonna fucking sing, and this is gonna be so bad, but then when she started rapping, I was like, okay. She did pretty good. That song this was actually was really she, good. And she looked like she was having fun. Like, she didn't look stiff. She no. didn't look uncomfortable. Like, she looked like she was an expert. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> All those music video, like, gigs really worked out in her favor. <laughs> um, that one with her and Kanye on the motorcycle. <laughs> Uh huh, honey. (laughs) Um, Another sketch that she did was Dream Guy, which was a playoff of the Bachelorettes, but Mm -hmm. instead of giving out roses, she was giving out tokens of love. I love that. Um, But it had guest appearances from Jesse Williams, John Cena. Like, what the fuck Mm. is John Cena doing with his life? Chris Rock, I was shocked to see him. Tyler Cameron, mm. Chase Crawford, Zaddy, Blake Griffin, Zaddy, and Kyle Mooney. <laughs> there was also, this was my least favorite. I have so many bad things to say about this. I could roast this fucking sketch all day. But my least favorite was the lotto drawing. Yeah. I thought that was so stupid. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. So I think my most, I think I can get to it. And then the one after that was People's Court, <gasps> where she imitated Kourtney Kardashian and played her as a judge of like her own like court series. And they also had a sketch where she was pretending to be with Travis Barker. And it's funny because like a lot of you know news sources or entertainment sources will say that. Courtney and Travis are constantly showing PDA, constantly making out when they're with each other. <laughs> yeah. And they really played on that for this sketch. It was mm-hmm. so funny. But I think that was my favorite sketch. Okay. And then there was a Skims commercial that they did um, mm-hmm. where, you know, they used dogs. Uh, but you know what? Okay. I have one critique. I did not like that they were objectifying the pups. Okay. <laughs> pups can be thick and it's Okay. Because we like them thick pups. (laughs) I love how all the dogs that they used were like known to be lazy dogs. I loved it. The one English bulldog with his tongue out the entire time. My favorite. And I think there was one border. I think it was a border collie. It was like a fluffier dog. Literally was so happy to be there. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the sketch was basically her coming out with a skims line for dogs. Thick dogs. (laughs) They had a two-piece on a dog. (laughs) And then this was probably one of my favorite ones too of the night was the switch where basically Kim switches places with um, one of the comedians on the show. And I thought that was really interesting and funny. And it had little cameos of Chris and Chloe and it was unexpected. So 
I thought that was pretty funny. That one was good. But Chris's acting towards the end, I was a little cringing. <laughs> I was like, oh, baby girl, this is, you You, you are a momager. <laughs> Stay in your realm, honey. <laughs> Don't even think about it next time. But for the real motherfucking tea, get ready. It's piping hot. So a source shortly after the SNL episode aired, shortly after a source from Kim Kardashian's camp confirmed that her and Kanye are in a quote unquote good place and they are working on basically their marriage and that they are, which is like a complete, you know, 180 from where they were nine months ago when they were absolutely not on speaking terms. But he even helped her pick out her famous Met Gala dress this year. And they've collabed a lot with like business with each other's businesses, and yeah. that was what kind of re-sparked their rekindling was them because they rely on each other a lot creatively. Mm-hmm. But they're not officially back together, but they're kind of like working on it. And apparently, Kim K is the happiest that she's been, Aww. and she is um, hoping to keep it going in this direction so i think they're working on themselves and i give it i'm telling you right now you're gonna hear it right here i'm giving them two and a half months before they are officially back together so where where does that leave us at the end of the year yeah okay end of the year y'all heard it here first the kardashian holiday party kanye west will be in all those motherfucking photos they will be officially back together you are hearing it motherfucking here so i think i my theory is that it changed when she helped him with his shows and mm. he like came out with his music and he was like actually singing or rapping about like the situation and how we felt about it. I think that's when she might have been like, well, he maybe does realize. Yeah. And that might have like been like her turning point. Mm, I can see that. In other pop culture news, Jesse Nelson from Little Mix. Um, originally, Little Mix was a girl group, a British girl group. That was formed on X Factor, and she there was her and three other girls. So it was the same form. season that One Direction also. Was yes, formed. yes, and then Perry Edwards, who's a part of Little Mix, dated Zayn for like a, the longest fucking time. Um, so Jesse Nelson left Little Mix recently, and Little Mix is pretty popular. Like it's very famous in the UK. Oh yeah, it's not that famous here, but I think they're really huge in the UK. They are. They're a pop band, and they honestly they do a really good job. They're all vocally very talented. Yeah, and I think they have like this really like sex sexy like bad bitch persona. Yeah, I like that. One hundred percent, I agree. Um, so she debuted as a solo artist with her single Boys. And me and you listened to that together. The song was pretty good. I enjoyed it. But she received a lot of backlash. And we'll get into that. But the reason why she left Little Mix was because the group was taking a toll on her mental health. And she was just truly unhappy. When she left the group, her and Little Mix, the members of Little Mix, haven't spoken since. Wow. Yeah. So it was probably... They there felt, was probably more to it that they're telling us. Yeah. So I think what they kind of insinuate is that she left due to her mental health and the other members of the band were like what the fuck we're all in the same fucking boat why do you get to leave Mm. so it was kind of like that but this video boy she came out with the song and video she was accused of blackfishing and for those of you don't know what blackfishing is it refers to when a non-black person tans their skin or uses makeup to appear to be black and she faced criticism from black social media users for allegedly tanning her skin darker. And it's also like the hair, the look, 
Like, I don't yeah. think it was just the skin. It wasn't the skin. It was everything. Attempting to look biracial while singing about wanting a man. And then her lyrics in the song were also criticized because she used lyrics such as, so hood, so good, so damn taboo. And also, tattoos and them gold teeth. Which basically <laughs> said, like, Black Herschel is the only person that's, like, hood and has gold teeth. Like, what the fuck? That's stupid. It's, you know, I'm going to be honest. The song was good, but, like, okay, the whole video was screaming, I just got to California, bitches. Like, I'm just trying to look like American. Like, it was, like, very, like, fresh off the boat, trying to fit into the American culture. Yeah. I like R&B. I think black guys are hot. I'm just going to, like, yeah. try to, like, fit into this, you know, environment, I guess. Yeah. I, that's literally what it was screaming. Like, I want to be accepted. I agree. And I think she also wants to be an R&B singer, which is, like, a heavily, like, it's really heavy in the black culture. So mm-hmm. I think, like, I don't know. It just it just screamed imposter to me. Yeah, I, I agree. <gasps> um, and then for those of you who don't know who are, and haven't listened to the song, um, this track samples P. Diddy's Bad Boys for Life, and it also features Nicki Minaj. So both Nicki Minaj and P. Diddy, P. Diddy, P. Diddy star <laughs> in the music video. Um, and people were really upset at that because this kind of implied that they co-signed the track and its lyrics by like appearing in the music video and featuring on it. Um, so which is true. With true, essentially they did. Yeah, and then other people also said, and I quote: "Baby girl has rebranded herself as biracial slash racially ambiguous and is cosplaying as such." <laughs> <laughs> And then people are saying, like, this video fetishizes black men. And then yeah. black culture is not, like, pop culture. Like, yeah. you can't you can't mistaken the two. And that's basically what was happening is that the line between the two was getting blurred in yeah, this video. That's the thing. It's like, I get what she was trying to do. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. You're into black guys, whatever. You're into hood guys. That's fine. But it's, yeah, I agree. When you're, like, trying to use the culture and make it your own or make it, like, your brand. But it's, like, you don't you don't come from that culture. You don't, you didn't go through the same hardships that people did living in, like, these hood neighborhoods. Yeah. So it's, like, you can't sit there and be, like, oh, like, I'm going to just, you know, talk about them and fetishize about them and, you know, make it, like, make a shit ton of money off of it, too. I agree. Um, here's a little bit of tea for you, bitch. Um, all members of Little Mix haven't followed her mm, ever since she not um, a good look. Yeah, Oof. ever since she got criticism on this video. One TikToker named No Hun shared un these are unverified screenshots of Little Mix's member Leanne Pinock allegedly going after Jesse in his um or in this TikToker's DMs. So this TikToker posts screenshots of I think Leanne. that's fake. There's no way a Little Mix member would be talking shit about their previous member on DMs I through agree. TikTok. Like, the no, they're smarter than this. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But this is only relevant because it somebody comments on it later. Okay. Um, and so Nicki Minaj, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so the DMs seemingly show that Leanne calls Jesse a horrible person, and apparently she allegedly asked to know Hun to make a video about Jesse being a blackfish. And I don't believe that to be true. Like you said, like it just sounds too off the wallish for that to happen. Yeah. Like they're smarter than that. Um, enter Nicki Minaj enters the chat, or shall I say, Instagram Live. 
And she went off, dude. Like, she called it clown shit. And she said that the band ma- bandmates should be supporting Jessie because of the reason she left was mental health and, like, she deserves that support. And then she never mentioned Leanne by name. But she said, and I quote, there's a lot. Hold on to your hats, guy. She says... Let her enjoy this time. If you was in this woman's group and you ain't talk about this shit for 10 years and as soon as you see she's got a video coming out with Nicki Minaj, then you feel some type of way. And then she also goes to say, she goes, print them text text messages out, bust your ass open and shove it up your motherfucking ass, okay? (laughs) And stop trying to hurt people and kill people's lives and career. I mean... And she goes, stop. If you want a solo career, baby girl, just say that. You can go out and put your own music. We're going to support you and love you. That's it. You don't have to attack someone else. If that's how you felt, why were you la- um, kikiing with her being in the videos with her for 10 years? That's now, all point. of a sudden, she's not in a video with you and you have some negative evil thing to do and say? Stop. Which is fair, but, like, these allegations also aren't proven to be true. (laughs) Nicki Minaj was like, I got something to say. (laughs) She went off. (laughs) So, Jessie has responded to the accusations on two separate occasions. She did give an interview to, I believe it was Vulture Magazine, and then she also spoke on Instagram Live about it. And... I will quote everything because it's very important as to the specific things that she says. Okay. Um, So in this magazine, she says, the whole time I was in Little Mix, I never got any of that, implying... Blackfishing? Yes. And then I came out of the band and people all of a sudden were saying it. I wasn't on social media around that time, so I let my team deal with it because that was when I had just left. But I mean... Like, I love black culture. I love black music. That's all I know. It's what I grew up on. I'm very aware that I'm a white British woman. I never said I wasn't. Which, that is, what, what? It's not saying that you are, no one's saying that you, you didn't say that you were white. It's the fact that you're trying to be something that you are not. Look, and I feel like people aren't intentionally black fishing. Like, they don't just be like, oh, I'm going to try to be biracial now. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm sure there are some people, but, like, I don't think she was doing that. No. But it's like, recognize what you are still doing. She needs to be aware of her actions. Even though you're, yeah, even though your your motives weren't to Mm -hmm. try to look like a different race, like, it, like a be accountable for the fact that you still did it and mm-hmm. that it's still coming off like that like i'm no one's sitting there being like this was on purpose yeah no and it it's just raising awareness like yeah you were accused of black fishing so you own your shit and you never fucking do that shit again yeah um maybe on your next spray tan go a couple shades lighter <laughs> ease up on the bronzer <laughs> ease up on that bronzer girl um maybe so- don't wear a grill <laughs> I don't know. Or ta- or maybe take those lyrics out of your yeah. fucking song next time. <laughs> um, so on Instagram Live with Nicki Minaj, she says, I personally want to say that my intention was never ever to offend people of color with this video and song because like I said, growing up as a young girl, this is the music I listened to. These are the videos that I watched and thought were the best. For me personally, 90s R&B were the best years in music. I just wanted to celebrate that. I just wanted to celebrate that era of music is what I love. Okay, and then, but honey, like, make your spray tan a little lighter next time and then do it again. 
Yeah, but no, no, she has an excuse for that. Okay. <laughs> she goes, I'm just really lucky as a white girl that when I'm in the sun, I tan so dark. Like so many oh. people have said to me before, like Leanne in the group has said, "You sh- are you sure you're not like mixed race? Because you've got darker than me in the sun. That's crazy. And then she basically goes, I wanted to come on this live today as well and show everyone my hair is naturally curly. I've always had curly hair. I got it from my dad. I genuinely didn't think I was doing anything wrong because I've got naturally curly hair. Bitch, you sound fucking stupid. That's all I have to say. I think what she's making good points, like if your skin naturally tans that dark, that's fair. And if your hair is really naturally curly, like kind of like how yours is, it's really kinky and mm, curly. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But it's like the way she's coming out it, it's like, it's like she kind of sounds childish. You know, it's yeah. not very articulately said. Like, I feel like she should have really talked about this with her PR team and came out with a better statement because what I'm hearing, it makes sense. Like, it's a good explanation for why you're not, you know, blackfishing. But it just sounds like she's making excuses yeah, at this point. Yeah, because when I, when I read that, I was like, that's just because you have curly hair and you tan darker doesn't give you the right to, like, use this culture and kind yeah. of um, but fetishize it's like, pull black out the men receipts. and black culture. Yeah. Pull out the receipts. Pull up a photo of you younger with just as dark colored skin. <laughs> pull up a photo of you without no hair and makeup on and show that your hair is really this curly. Like, it's, don't go on a fucking live and be like... Oh, I swear I didn't do it. Like, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I have curly hair. You I know? really want to know how it was planned to go like on live with Nicki Minaj and be like, yeah, bitch, let's get this shit cleared Honestly, up right now. Honestly, I genuinely was like, I genuinely think like her and Nicki Minaj went solo and did that rogue. <laughs> <laughs> They're texting each other. Let's go on live right now and set the record straight. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's been a poor, poor day for... Poor week, I should say. Few weeks for pop culture in terms of being woke because they were very unwoke. They're a little sleepy. It's never, it always surprises me that, like, with all this awareness that we have, shit like this still happens. Right? It's, and with cancel culture too, like, you'd think people would be, like, a little bit more, um, like, just a little bit more aware of it and more cautious. Before doing that. Yeah, but like, I also saw that Nicki Minaj made a comment where she was saying that, you know, like, why are you guys like all getting up on her now when like there's been other bitches that have blackfish mm-hmm. and like no one said anything about it. And I'm like, that's I, really that's, fucking true. I don't know if that's true. Kim K gets fucking backlash about that all the time. But she doesn't get canceled to the point where this bitch is getting like so much backlash. Like yeah. so many people are ganging up on her because she's such a lower celebrity compared to like Kim K or the Kardashians. Yeah. But I, I'm even thinking like that bad baby girl or whatever that was like catch me outside yeah like that girl's blackfish is on the reg oh yeah that's and she's true. still like relevant she still gets like deals she's you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think um i definitely think that her leaving little mix was a huge reason as to why she gets criticized a little more than everybody else mm-hmm. because i think little mix fans were yeah like coming jealous. after her yeah. because like she left the group mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind of like the whole um one direction thing with us like because me and you were huge one direction fans and when zane left the group uh, he got a lot of backlash about it too yeah so but i still stood by my man <laughs> you right you or wrong zane. i stand by my man <laughs> She's single, so if y'all trying to be about that, you know where to find us. Or her. (laughs) Not me. 
thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. This was really fun. Yes. Um, lots to talk about. Let us know what you guys think about us, you know, talking about shows and shit too. Yeah. Not just the celebrity lives. But yeah, if you haven't watched that SNL sketch with Kim Kardashian hosting, you need to go right now on Hulu and watch that shit because it's really fucking worth it. Do not watch Dave Chappelle's stand-up comedy no. special. It's not worth it. You can skip it, honey. You can Don't, watch you're not Squid missing games. out on anything. But yes, definitely tune in for Squid Games. Yes. Even though you'll probably never get a second season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and it ends on a cliffhanger, bitch. Oh, I hate that shit. You gotta catch up, bitch. I know. I'll do it. I'll do it today. I got time. Wait, before we end, what are you salty about? Mm, let's see. What am I salty about? I'm honestly really fucking salty about how Dave Chappelle, yeah. like, the shit he talked about. It and, wasn't just one or two jokes. It was the entire fucking special, dude. And I'm pretty fucking salty that Netflix stood by him. Yeah. Like, I, that did not, that doesn't sit right with me. I think I'm going to ice Netflix for, like, three weeks. <laughs> Maybe, like, three days. <laughs> but I'm mad. I'm mad at you, Netflix. Uh, Do better next time. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we both are salty about the same thing. Basically, yeah. Dave Chappelle. Fuck that. Anyways, thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.